Could you briefly introduce yourself and your affiliation? Hello, I'm Jerry Tallowin and I'm chairman of the Ecological Continuity Trust. Also, I'm an emeritus research scientist for Rothamsted Research at Northwick in Devon. And what is the Ecological Continuity Trust uh, and when was it established and why? Well, the idea of the need for an organisation to champion long-term experiments in the UK came about actually in about uh, 2006, when at that, that time enormous numbers of our unique long-term experiments were under threat from funding cuts, and that was to a large extent reflecting the economic situation in the country at the time. There was no champion around and it was decided by a small group of ecologists that we needed to promote the value to the ecological community and to society at large of long-term ecological experiments. So in 2008, the Ecological Continuity Trust, or ECT as I will call it from now on, was formally made a charity. And um, soon after that, the British Ecological Society, the Esme Fairburn Foundation, the Patsy Wood Trust, and other donors enable the ECT to actually create a continuity fund which we could use to support long-term experiments which were having difficulty in raising funds to maintain their infrastructure or the repair and refurbishment of the equipment they had. In addition, the donation and funding we got allowed us to create a small grant scheme. And this was very important to enable research scientists to use long-term experiments. And the other innovation that we put in place was the creation of a user group. And this was really to create a one-stop shop, a forum for all long-term experimental researchers to exchange knowledge and ideas. So with users in mind, long-term experiments are obviously very valuable to science, but who are the end users of the experiments and why are they valuable to society as experiments? Well, the end users, we talk about policy makers and land managers, and these are very much the end users we had initially in mind to promote the value of the science coming out of long-term experiments. But society at large, I think, we have to recognise are the final, should be the final valuers of the long-term experimental science data. And the reason for that is that the long-term experiments are situated on many of our rare or declining habitats, such as chalk grassland, upland, bogs, heathlands, ancient woodland, and these habitats are all undergoing unprecedented changes in, uh, as a due to not just climate change, but changes in the atmospheric pollution and management. And it is these habitats and communities that are supplying us with so many services, not just biodiversity, but for example, clean air or cleaner air and fresh water, regulating water. So the, the ecosystem services are being influenced by environmental changes. 
and how many sites and experiments does ECT have on its register? And would you pick any out to highlight what ECT is all about? <laughs> well, currently there are 27 long-term experiments at 22 sites that are registered by the ECT. But by registering them, each site has been assessed or evaluated by a neutral group uh, using 12 criteria that were established by a science committee at the outset of the ECT to ensure that we had a level playing field because once the site is registered, then it will be eligible for applying for grants, not just for the continuity fund, but also for student projects to work on LTEs. Now, if I was to single out a particular, well, particular long-term experiment, that's a very difficult one because, you know, people say, well, not mine. But for example, why do we need long-term experiments? And I'll take two examples. One was Klokainog in North Wales, situated on an upland heath then. Now, Klokainog was set up to examine the effects of climate change, in particular, reducing summer rainfall by 60% and increasing air temperature by about 0.2 degrees. Might sound a very small amount compared with predictions, but nevertheless, that the Kalkanic experiment was set up 20 years ago, and within the first 10 to 15 years, no unequivocal evidence could be provided by that experiment that climate change was impacting on soil carbon storage. It's only within the last five years that actually Kalkanog has shown unequivocally that carbon storage is being depleted by these climate change issues. The other thing which is very important to recognise about Klokainog, it's part of an international network of experiments that are all showing the same signals that soil, soil carbon storage is being affected right across the board by climate change. The second example I would give is the Park Grass experiment, a classic experiment set up in 1856. In 2015, a group of research scientists at Rothamsted, with colleagues from Imperial London, showed that the research plots at the classic Parkgrass experiment were showing evidence of our atmosphere becoming cleaner, particularly in relation to atmospheric nitrogen pollution. And that, that is incredible, 160 years of that experiment, and now we have clear evidence that at least atmosphere is becoming cleaner. And it's a legacy, sorry, it's a testament to some of our policies actually working, such as the Clean Air Act. So what is ECT's current vision? The EC's current vision is to form or develop a network of financially sustainable long-term experiments throughout the UK. Also, to enable new experiments to be planned and put into operation. Because back in the early years of the ECT, a science committee was formed to look at the science that was available from the existing LTEs, and they, they identified gaps, particularly in relation to climate change. And one notable success of the ECT has actually been the development of the raindrop experiment at Whiteham in Oxfordshire, which is looking at the effects of drought on a particular species-rich limestone grassland. 
And I mean, that is a tremendous success story, but there are other ex gaps in our science base that we also need to address. So our long-term vision is to facilitate new experiments. And the other area, which is very important, is that we need to ensure that society at large understands the enormous value of long-term ecological research. And to that end, we have a, an engagement specialist now working with us, our executive director, who is actually looking at improving the way society understands the values of long-term experiments. How is ECT governed and funded and, and do you need new people to become involved as donors and trustees? The ECT has currently eight trustees on board and one employee, and I mentioned before, our executive director. But the, the fact is that our current governors or trustees are all representative of a fairly narrow niche in the ecological community. They're all basically ecological academics. And we need to diversify our board of trustees to include ecological practitioners, environmentally aware business and policy makers as well. So if you know of anybody who is interested in the area that we are working on and in concerned with, please, by me, all means, get in touch with us. Are there any important changes afoot? Well, one of the issues that has been long recognised is the fact that not just long-term experiments in the UK are at risk, but long-term monitoring studies are also at risk. And again, it's the same old factors. It's lack of funding, it's staff changes, lack of succession planning to staff, and it's also other issues as well in terms of reflecting economic climate. So the trustees of the ECT have taken the decision that we are going to expand our remit to take on board championing long-term monitoring studies as well. And how can people find out more? Well, if anybody is interested in finding out more about the Ecological Continuity Trust, go to our website or just search for Ecological Continuity Trust and there you will find all sorts of information about the fascinating things and science that is being done by long-term experiments and also about the opportunities of joining in and helping us.